from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast Poland Edition. I'm Perry. Hi, this is Michelle. And this is Mark. Michelle's trying to figure out why I just said that. It'll become clear when I try to produce our or pronounce our guest's last name. Oh. I'm presuming it's Polish. It could be Czech. No, it's Polish. It's Ah, I got I it! You got it. Speaking but you're not going to come close in the name. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of mm. Poland and Polish and other countries, how's your Spanish lessons coming along? Muy bien, gracias. De nada. No, that's not right. Muy bien, gracias, <laughs> I'll just say. <laughs> How many minutes do you practice a day? Five minutes a day on an app called Duolingo. It is the best um, language learning app ever. It's right on my mm. phone. It reminds me to get on there. And then it's just five minutes a day. And I'm, at, I'm, I'm now 16% proficient at Spanish. Duolingo. <laughs> Duolingo, mm. yeah. Any kind of language or Spanish, and, English? And mostly, most languages are on there. They crowdsource the language uh, curriculum. Cur- curricula. Mm-hmm. So if, if like Latvian is a language someone wants to learn, they go and find someone who knows Latvian and then that person, if they want to do it, they help build the curriculum and then they appify it and then put it on. Is it full immersion or? What do you mean by full immersion? Like when our kids did Spanish with a local, with speak shop, they got on with a teacher and the teacher would speak to them in Spanish. And Oh yeah. Right. It's not like English baby where you're actually speaking to a human being. Right. Yeah. It's a oh, computer oh. simulation. Oh, I so see. basically... It's like flashcards and then sentences you have to translate uh, either from Spanish to English or from English to Spanish. And they have these interactive things that you – it's just – it's really, really cool. And is it evaluating how you're saying them? Yes. Words, so the phone listens and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of quirk that mm-hmm. one up. Oh, I've wow. had that a couple of times actually. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thank you for asking, Michelle. You're welcome. I am not learning Polish, but I bet I can get this name right. Wow. Um, okay. But we'll get to that in a moment. So what, el- what else is happening? <clears throat> I'm building another tiny house. Yes, you are. How's that going? I heard you got your bathtub delivered to your door. I did get my bathtub, which was quite the the brouhaha a couple of days ago. So very happy because my boyfriend is building my second house. He also built my first one. His boss somewhat serendipitously said, hey, um, we kind of got a slow period right now. We don't have a lot for you to do. If you want to take some time off, then then now would be a good time. So... He called me and said, hey, you want to hire me for a couple of weeks? And I'm like, deal. So the good news is what I thought was going to take probably several months of long weekends between long work weeks. Um, my house will be, should be completely framed in. And uh, what do we got now? 12 more days. So that's Are you doing cool. that? Is he doing that indoors? No, we had hoped to find a shop. As a matter of fact, we would have gotten started long ago had we found a shop, but they're expensive and really, really hard to find. So he's actually building it in his backyard. So that, of course, makes it that much easier. And so, yeah, that's what's going on. And then I we had the floor plan and we were going over the floor plan and he didn't think my bathtub was going to fit where it was and the drain's going to go where it needs to. And so, yeah, um, I, I love and hate that part of the build. Um, I love collaboration. Um, but at the same time, it's my goddamn house. <laughs> <laughs> I make the decisions. It is my money. Mm-hmm. He hates the color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so that's an interesting, interesting part of the build, interesting part of the relationship, actually, yeah. right now, for sure. I bet, yeah. Would it be different if you had, I guess it would be different if it was just a contractor for hire. 
because they wouldn't express their opinions, right? They just say, okay, it's going to go there. Right, exactly. And yeah, it's going to be that color. Right. So he kind of feels like it's his value add to the process yes. to tell me that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, you're going to repaint this, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, everybody, he said, as a matter of fact, he even said he's going to post a sign on his back gate that says, please don't ask me about the color again. I did pick it. She picked the color. He is that adamantly against the color. So. Um, and it's already painted. I painted the siding. So as he installs it, the house is already painted. So, oh, oh, that's um, right. You did do that. Yeah. So it's it's not like he's going to move the house out of his backyard and then I'm going <laughs> to privately paint it someplace else. <laughs> oh, no. He's building a house that is such bright yellow, you should be able to see it from space. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> well, you know, um, thread comes in as many colors as you're painting your tiny house. And our guest tonight, <laughs> today, has, <laughs> has a, a, a sewing fetish. So many of her, she has so many sewing supplies, it fills 100 square feet. No way. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> that, there's a downsizing challenge we haven't talked about. Right. Yeah. So we're yep. talking, so today we have on our show, uh, um, Sophie, I'm going to get it, Skimichik. Oh, so close. Dang it. So metzik. What yeah. is it? Yeah. More Z. Pretty. Can you say one more time, Sophie, close. please? Say it. Say, say it one more time. Semetzik. Oh, I was so close. You were close. Yeah, semetzik. 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 So, um, yep. yeah, so, so Sophie is chronicling her, her newly discovered love uh, for her tiny house and her own, on her own blog. And um, she was pointed our direction by Andrew Odom. Was it? Andrew Odom. Andrew Odom. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. I'm sure he's listening to the show between his tiny house builds. And, exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so rather than recounting Sophie's story on how she fell in love with the tiny house movement and is ending up building her own tiny house, we're going to let her tell the story. So, uh, Sophie, how did you end up falling in love with the tiny house movement and ending up building your own tiny house? So, in a nutshell, I am the oldest of five children, so um, I did not grow up in a tiny house or a tiny household, although my parents, being children of the Depression, um, we didn't have excess. I remember moving into what I thought was a huge house, and it was a four-bedroom house with a kitchen, living, dining, and den, and four bedrooms. Uh, I, I don't even remember if it had two bathrooms. Anyway, so we were all crammed in, and I thought that was pretty cool, but I sort of longed for my own space, and I have always been fascinated with the idea that maybe you could just do all your living in one room. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, oh, I'd just put a chair over there and my stove over here, and that wasn't what anyone did, okay? Mm. That's just not how it did. So I grew up. Went to school, got married, had three kids, living the dream in a 2,400 square foot, four bedroom, two bath, full basement, huge yard, you know, <laughs> doing what I did. Bliss. Uh, kids <laughs> grew up, kids moved away, divorced husband. I thought, oh, I don't even want to keep this big house. Sold the house, moved to a nice, sensible, small house, 1,200 square feet, three bedrooms, one bath, old home, beautiful um, 
got tired of heating it, mm. air conditioning it. The 800 square feet of attic above it was full of I don't even know what. <laughs> um, and I thought, why am I doing this? Why, why don't I go smaller? So I started looking. There was nothing built anywhere around here. Um, I realize you're West Coast, so you, believe it or not, have more tiny house opportunities than we do on the East Coast. So um, I started looking at plans and rules and regulations, and thus far, the tiny house on wheels concept is so foreign to mm, everyone here that there are no laws in place to allow it. The county in which I live has gone so far as to say they're illegal here. Where, where are you? I am in Pitt County, North Carolina. We are rural eastern North Carolina where a tiny house on wheels would not bother a soul. And yet there are people who, and I have friends who are living in them, so shh, don't say anything. Um, yeah, don't, don't tell anybody. They're, they're off the grid. They're like solar and composting and all that woo, crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> So um, to be sure that I wasn't really off my rocker, my kids just shook their heads. I considered um, a container home, had somebody that was going to give me a container. If you know anybody that wants one, I know where one is, free to a good home. Um, it's an old truck body. It was like 8 by 32, and I almost bit. But anyway, um, I considered a school bus. My kids were like, mm, nope, can't do it. I'm like, why? They're like, because mom no I was like okay so no school bus conversion um looked at tiny houses on wheels found a triple axle trailer gooseneck unbelievable trailer it was eight by 40 million 40. it was huge it was just, <laughs> I was let me have it for like seven grand and i thought like, I don't even have a truck. I'd have to go buy a truck. I don't know how in the heck am I going to pull this thing down the road. Mm -hmm. So I bailed on that one. Um, and I started thinking about, okay, it, would it be easier? Would it be more sensible the first go round to try it on the ground? I was like, okay, let me look. So I, I have, as I hope every tiny houser and potential tiny houser has folders full of sketches on graph paper of <laughs> y'all have those right <laughs> michelle I, I build my house using those yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> i had all those and i just would would sketch and draw and sketch and draw and look at cooktops and i bought a induction burner cook you know the little single burner thing mm -hmm. and uh thought, well, do I want to bake? Do I want to bathe? Do I want to shower? Do I want to keep food cold? Do I want to flush a toilet? Do I want to stay warm? Do I want to stay cool? Whatever. Um, I ended up, um, after I sold my house, because I had to find a place to live in a hot minute, one of my friends posted on Facebook that she had a cabin for rent on her property. Turns out it was a tiny house, basically, a 75-year-old cabin um, with a ladder to a loft. It was about 260 square feet, um, and I moved in there huh. and just to see, make sure that I wasn't nuts. I loved it, but I couldn't repaint it, and I couldn't move things around like I wanted because it wasn't mine, so um, ended up moving out of there. Um, her parents were coming to live there, so I had to get out of that one. Um, so, plus it took me forever. I had to find an architect to draw a plan because 
I bought a surplus lot from the town. Um, and I know nothing about building a home. And I thought, you know, it's just going to be easier for me for somebody to draw a plan. So I bought this lot for half the tax value in town. Hmm. And I looked up the regs and I said, you know, what's the smallest house I can build? Turns out it's 120 square feet. I was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that would huh. set them on their ears. Um, so hang on a second, Sophie. You're you're so you're building. You you went ahead and decided to build your tiny house on the ground. On the ground, Very just because. I, and I have been to a couple of county commissioners' meetings advocating for regulations specific to tiny houses mm. on wheels. Mm-hmm. But you know there aren't any, so we're all in the creation mode there. And um, the sentiment is very anti. Um, for no apparent reason that I can determine. Um, and I thought, I, I, that's a battle I don't want to fight now. I'm going to build a house, and I'm going to live in it, and my next one can be on wheels. Are you doing any of the uh, tiny house on wheel type amenities, like a composting toilet or or um, a wood stove or anything like that? Or, or are you I going, am not. You're um, going totally and, traditional. Yeah, it's totally conventional, conventional. except for size and um, the whole building code thing is, as you know, there's nothing (laughs) specific to tiny houses, really, except Mm. for the amendment that um, got passed last year for the Mm -hmm. international residential code, Mm -hmm. you know, about Mm -hmm. all that. And but it's not on the books yet. So I opted for traditional construction um, connections to my lots actually in town, city water and sewer. I will do, uh, we have piped natural gas. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I'm going to cook and heat my water. But I did do a tankless water heater because I don't have room to put one of those. Um, I have a loft. And uh, my builder and the inspector have worked out a deal or whatever (laughs) that it is um, a storage loft because the staircase is, of course, not to code, nor is the ceiling height to call it a room. Mm -hmm. Um, It's these little nuances that people around here are just hell bent on saying, well, you can't live there because it's not whatever. Mm-hmm. Not safe, not legal, not sensible. I don't know. It's none of their business. But um, so my house will be 288 square feet. Wow. Um, and it is on a raised slab foundation. Mm-hmm. It will have um, a stove because I like to bake. And I thought about not baking, but I'm like, mm, no, I got to have a, I got to have a, oven mm-hmm. um, and a kitchen sink a bathroom sink I will have a shower I'm pretty excited about that a 36 inch shower which is crazy <laughs> uh-huh. what did you have what what did you have before and why does it make you so excited um I had like the 32 inch shower <laughs> in the other tiny house and I'm not a big person Room but <laughs> like I struggled to shave my legs. It was just kind of, um, <laughs> I think in this shower, I'll actually have enough room to put a little teak 
step stool that I can prop my foot up on. <laughs> I hear you. I have a third of that exact shower. Oh, is it really? By 32 shower. Uh-huh. I can uh-huh. I have to sit on a stool outside of the shower. There you go. Take the shower yeah. head off. You know, I have one of those extendable ones. Take it mm-hmm. off, sit in the shower, and it's like an entirely different process <laughs> than actually yeah. showering. Wow. So I can that. appreciate that, but yeah, we'll just... <laughs> Just tell them that yeah 36 inch shower i actually took the pictures to my builder i was like please tell me i can have this big shower <laughs> because, um yeah i can do without a bathtub but i have to have the shower um doing a single unit uh washer dryer the mm-hmm. ventless i like to hang clothes out on the line I, I have labeled myself a budding minimalist and i don't i'm not having a microwave i'm having a, a small standard refrigerator because I like to cook. So, um, but otherwise it's, oh, I'm doing a mini split for my HVAC. Um, because it's on the ground, I can do drywall. So that'll be kind of unique, um, to the whole tiny house thing. Cause I thought, Ooh, what am I going to do for walls? But not moving it does make that, um, easy so that's that's um, actually a bit of a tiny house myth so i just want to let you know what's that what's that you can't do drywall you can't do drywall on a tiny house can you do yarn and i wonder that like i would think if you i don't know i could see where it might crack over time but really like if it's solid and squared up why would it anyway i won't have to worry about that this time Mm. um so yeah um it, I ha- it is wired, plumbed, framed, the roof is on, the windows are in, um, and just waiting for some inspections so that I can, you know, a couple more weeks I should have, I, my builder, will have it drywalled, and um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, Sophie, is there, are, are there people in, in the center? background, <laughs> are there people in the background talking Actually, there are people in the background talking. We can hear them. Is there a way that oh. you can close a door or something? Yeah, hold on one second. Or have them come say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce us to your yeah. crew. Hello. Well, that would be my granddaughter, Amelia, who's almost three, and that would be not very helpful to much of anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so our last show, our, you've touched on it a little bit. In our last show, we were talking a little bit about uh, naysayers. Um uh-huh. In some cases, the naysayers are children or loved ones, um, people that we know and they think we're crazy. Um, right. And sometimes the naysayers are actually strangers. Um, you know, oh, people yeah. that show up at city council meetings or people that um, actually comment on newspaper yeah, articles or whatever. Exactly. So can yeah. you, um, I, how do you how do you deal with that? Do 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 you have the water off a duck's back approach for everybody do you take your, your loved one's opinions more seriously than strangers? Um, talk a little bit about how you deal with the, with the naysayers. So I kind of have an elevator speech about, you know, when somebody says, you know, this response, oh, I could never live in a tiny house. <laughs> and I'll say, well, tiny living isn't for everyone. But I discovered that I was using one bedroom for nothing and one bedroom for sewing things and one bedroom for sleeping, and my living room for nothing, my dining room to eat my meal by the window in one chair, and my kitchen to cook. 
and my bathroom to do those things in. So I figured all I really needed was the bedroom, the bathroom, a place to eat, and my kitchen. Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I don't think that I have taken opinions of my children more seriously than anyone else. Um, I'm just excited about actually living in it for longer than a couple of months and um, making it work. Yeah, this whole sewing supply thing, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, it's funny, the lot that I bought from the town has a shell of a garage on it. It has three walls and a really solid roof and initially I thought well I'll tear it down because it's old and you know and then I looked into doing that and because it has been painted with potentially lead-based paint because it's really old and the disposal fee is by weight <clears throat> I can't afford the hazmat disposal fee so I'm going to paint it and put a door on it so my garage will be bigger than my house <laughs> that's crazy nice by default and that's kind of good and it's kind of bad because then i have like oh i can store stuff I'm like that's the whole reason i'm doing a tiny house i don't want to store anything but i do have a bicycle and a generator and a rake and a shovel so we promise we won't take you out of the tiny house club right yeah i was gonna build a little shed but now i don't have to so yeah i i will confess to the masses that i actually have a 70 square foot storage unit where I keep my kayaks. Boots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> shoes. Boots and shoes. It's <laughs> true. Bangles. That's, that's 20 square foot of the 70 square foot. It's my off-season wardrobe. Um, <laughs> so I think it's a practical approach, although, again, officially, I think it kicks me out of the minimalist or the tiny house club and by admitting it. Um, how close are you to Pink Hill? I am about an hour, less than an hour and a half from Pink Hill. I'm going to be there in April for sure. Yeah. Are you so. looking forward to you? Do you so for for our listeners? There's an event coming up in Pink Hill, uh, North Carolina, um, up in April, and so I think that's going to draw a lot of attention to North Carolina specifically. Are you prepared for that? I am. I am ready to go. I'm ready to. I hope by. Wow, that's what's this? The first of March. So that's seven weeks away. I'm crossing my fingers. I might be close to having a real house to live in by then. Um, and I plan to take some unpaper towels and some things that I'm sewing to sell there. That's one of my de-stash efforts. <laughs> you sell but, paper yeah. towels? Do I what now? I think you said you're taking some unpaper towels? Yes. The, you know what unpaper towels are? A no. paper towel that's not? That's exactly right. So I make them out of um, flannel and terry, and um, I keep a stack of, I think I only have six in my kitchen, but most people have 12 or 18 or 24 or whatever number, and you use them instead of paper towels. I have not bought paper towels in mm, a year or more. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Back to tiny houses. So yeah. um, since most people, the, the reason why they're getting, or a lot of people getting into tiny houses get into it because it's an, it's economic, it's an economical way to own your home, mainly be, or mostly because you're not attached to a piece of land that you have to buy. 
what do you what do you do for a living and how are you able to afford i guess you sold your home and bought the piece of land with the proceeds right so yeah this is this is my retirement gig i actually am a nurse and i worked for almost 33 years as a nurse so um <clears throat> then when i retired from that job five years ago i opened a retail store and i sell bras which is a whole nother yeah go ahead and make a joke but it's really I, funny i really and, want to um, but i'm not gonna, i'm holding back holding you're back. not you're holding back Ooh, okay um i'm sure it would be something about how much i've drawn income so the only income i have is from my retirement at the hospital and i can assure you that it is a minimalist dream to live on the salary that i live on however um <laughs> it allows me to as long as i stay simple i can pay all my bills and I don't have to worry. So I will have enough to, even though I finance this tiny house, um, I bought the land outright. It only cost me $5,000. Like that's not very much. Um, is there one next door I can buy? I know that's so there, inexpensive. There for are several, land. but the kicker is they're in town. So I think that the whole putting it on wheels would, I, I don't even know what we would have to do. But yes, there are several surplus lots in town, and I think that's an option that people um, don't really know is out there. I started looking. I was walking all through the town thinking, do I want to build in town? Do I want to build out of town? And country lots are non-existent around here. They're just nobody wants to sell their family land. And mm. so I thought, well, let me look in town. And I looked around. I saw these empty lots, and I lived on the Opus website, the government's um, GIS mapping website. Oh, yeah. For weeks and looked up all the vacant lots and found that mm, probably 15 of them are owned by the town that people just dump the lots on the town for non-payment of back taxes interesting and the, and the town's ready to sell them because the, they're not getting any money on them and the money goes to the town's recreation and parks budget so so the so the land is too small for the city to develop put something on it to develop it Right. Well, they, I mean, it's, it, they're residential lots in town. Oh, interesting. The city's not going to build houses, so they just leave them. Fallow. Blank. Yep. And, um. Like Detroit? Sounds yeah. Detroit. So, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, certainly an option for people. Um, and I think depending on where you are, if the, you know, municipality is a little more amenable to tiny houses on wheels, there shouldn't be a reason you can't park one on a lot you know what was the dimension of the lot you bought um the lot that i bought is a 0.19 acre lot so i don't remember the dimensions in feet it's almost a square lot though um and then i had to abide by the setbacks which are not insane but you could not have built i think that maybe a 1200 square foot brick ranch wouldn't have fit on it <laughs> And still been legal for the setbacks. Interesting. Um, so it sounds so, like what you've done that's 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 interesting is you've kind of you figured your retirement, you know what that number looks like, and then you've kind of backed your lifestyle into it from a tiny house perspective. Yep. Is that? Mm -hmm. I could have stayed in the big house, um, and I did. Oh, another difficult whew, part of this thing was um, financing the rest of the build because. I didn't have the money saved up, and I could have hit my 401k, but I didn't really want to take the penalty because I'm only 58 now, and I've been retired for five years. So um, 
yeah, this is all kind of a part of my master plan here to be retired and not work. So um, I tossed the tiny house in there and I thought, well, I got to pay for something to live in. I finally found one local credit union willing to do a traditional mortgage because this is a traditional mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the only place I could find. That was probably the hardest thing that I had to do was find financing because no one else was willing to loan less than $60,000 and do the work for a mortgage. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. if I want to borrow the money and I'll pay Uh you back interest, why are you worried that it's not $200,000? But anyway, how much, how much was your, is your bill plus the the, whole build is 56,000. Wow. And that's with um, some of the higher end things like the raised slab foundation was more than the slab on the ground. And I have a metal roof and the tankless water heater and, you know, um, those kinds of things. The mini split um, kind of added not a lot, but, you know, dollars to it. Brick underneath instead of cinder blocks. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really going to be. A pretty house. So what's your being small? Interesting. What's your what's your total? Um, if you, I'm going to dive into your personal finances, so <laughs> if this is if this is if it gets too personal, just let me know. Yeah, no problem. What's your what's your total expenditure once your house is done and you're making the payments on your house and you're paying for electricity and sewer and water and all that stuff? Like a monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Um, I am anticipating. <clears throat> so the mortgage itself will be about four hundred a month. <laughs> for wow. 15 years. Wow. Um, and then I will have to pay um, taxes and insurance, which they're estimating at 150 a month, so maybe 550 for the mortgage. Water, sewer, electric, and natural gas, I am hoping to keep at 100 or under for a month. I don't see why I can't. Um so is there a penalty because it's a credit union? Is there like a penalty for early payoff? Nope. Okay. I checked on that. So you're looking at $700 a month all, all in minus your food pretty much. All in. And then do you have, does that leave you with money to do things like travel or are you not interested mm-hmm. in that kind of thing? Sure does. Well, I had this all set up for retirement. I'd paid down all my debt. The only thing that I owed when I, Retired was my mortgage, so it was peachy, and then a deer ran out in front of me, so now I have a $171 a month car payment because Bambi is unfriendly, and um, (laughs) but that'll be paid off soon, too, so my goal is not to have all these bills coming at me, and you know, I don't, it, it kind of takes planning, I think, had I planned earlier, I perhaps would have saved money to build a tiny house. If You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. If I was 20, I think I was 21 when I graduated from college. If I was 21 years old coming out of a university and had a job, you know, making whatever a nurse makes now starting, I might start off building a small house or a tiny house on wheels or, you know. Well, that's what that's what the young people are doing now. But back then, when you were when you were that age, even though you had thought about living in a single room, like you said at the beginning of the show, 
mm-hmm. I doubt, like most baby boomers, that you were thinking about retirement at that time. Nope, sure was not. Right. So I, no. I, one of the things that Mark and I, and, and sometimes Michelle talks about, is this this need, the need for tiny houses because people like yourself um, are in the same situation and they don't have a whole lot saved up for retirement. So, and they, and it's, it's conjoining with the lack of desire of having a big mortgage payment and the hassle of owning such big space. And so the tiny house movement offers this unique opportunity, kind of perfectly timed for people like yourselves who can retire comfortably on relatively little money. Exactly. I told my builder today, there's a little, uh, cul-de-sac in town that is owned by, uh, developer there are probably 12 smallish lots on it um and i said why don't you buy that area it bumps up against the golf course i said and build 12 tiny houses on it i said you you're missing an opportunity here that what, would be what did he say the neatest thing since sliced bread he said well i i did approach the owner about the lots and he wanted an insane amount of money for him, but now it's been a year. So maybe I said, call him back up. I said, you, you've got this one under your belt. It's the first tiny house that my builder has ever built. It's the first tiny house that my architect had ever designed. Mm. It's the first tiny house in town. It's, you know, apparently quite the talk of the town, but, um, yeah. I, why aren't there more? I, I looked for one that perhaps was already built, you know, and the smallest I could find, uh, was 900 square feet. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't want that. That's surprising <laughs> because I think some of the, the older towns on the East Coast, don't they have uh, a bungalow, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, bungalow communities. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but, but I wonder if they're that still around that 900 square feet size. I don't know. Yeah, there are... I've seen a couple of older, really <laughs> simple, probably... 1940s era shotgun houses so the front's probably 12 but they're bigger than my house they're twice the length of my house so they're Mm. maybe 500 square feet but they're just kind of ramshackle and stuck in the middle of other things that aren't you know it's not really sellable it's not the whole curb appeal thing that we're looking for and I'm like somebody just needs to do this I Shoot, saw, I might not have even been a nurse. I might have gone into real estate. Who knows? <laughs> I saw a uh, an episode on HGTV, uh, uh, Joanna Gaines, um, what's her husband's name? Chip and Joanna. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually took a shotgun house, um, mm-hmm. shotgun shack, and actually moved it. Yes. So picked it up off the foundation um, and actually moved it. The house itself was, I think, I want to say in the neighborhood of like nine grand or something. So, mm-hmm. um, and renovated it back to its, shall we say, original glory. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, where'd they, where'd they put it? It's pretty. They actually didn't move it too far. They put it on a city lot, like huh. two blocks mm-hmm. over. Huh. Because as she said, they're, they're commonly very narrow and very long and sort of fit in between the existing, you know, houses. Mm-hmm. And, and they put it on its own big fancy lot and wrapped a deck around the front of it and, it was really, really beautiful. I just want to, I, I want to highlight that mainly because of the fact that um, I think tiny houses we limit ourselves in our definition of tiny houses. I, I think they can I be, I think they can be, I think they can come from anywhere we want them to. And in Sophie's case, she even pushed the envelope of yeah. what the local town wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and well, what's really cool about Sophie's 
um, success here is that it was a win-win for her and the city because the city didn't yeah. want to have that piece of land. Exactly. I gave them five grand for the kids to go play baseball or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, the city got some money and a chance for a little bit to squeeze some tax out Taxes, of it after that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Interesting cultural differences between the cities. I had approached my city <laughs> with that notion, not a five thousand dollar lot, mm-hmm. but I, but I had approached them with that notion, and their knee jerk reaction, which I'm still working on, of course, is, yeah, <laughs> but if we let you do it, then we have to let everybody else do it, and they just didn't want to feel like they Good wanted grief. to deal with the masses and so forth. So kudos to you. Is uh, that for, for on wheels or is that on a foundation? Um, that was, I wasn't discussing on wheels or foundation. I was, I was discussing the notion of surplus lots, surplus city land that was not collecting taxes and not being what used. What do you do with them? <laughs> Good well, say no. Exactly. there's a couple of them. Actually, it's sad mm. to say, but there's actually a couple of them that they have literally turned into parking lots. Um, they've gotten some complaints from the town that there's not enough parking. Um. So, so they've created a couple of parking lots and right. in, in an attempt to, uh, bring in more um, people shopping downtown and stuff, which which makes that sense makes as sense. well. Yeah, especially it, in suburbia, where everyone's dependent on a car to get mm-hmm. places. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sophie, does your does the place where you live um, does it have like an infill uh, policy, or are you guys not that congested? Oh no, the, the town uh, that I'm building in is Farmville, and it maybe has five thousand people, including unincorporated areas about five miles out. So. Oh, okay. uh, Congestion's not an issue. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Uh, but you said the property. Did you say the properties are property values are really high? I, or... Um. The so all, just about all of the lots in town that I checked, if they were anywhere from you know a fifth of an acre to a fourth of an acre, maybe even a third of an acre, were tax valued at like ninety two fifty, um, and right. they were just revalued last year. So. I think that this town thinks very highly of their lots. There's a little town <laughs> five miles down the road that has virtually nothing. Um, and they, I looked at lots there and the tax value was like $11,000. I'm like, no, wow. no, <laughs> no, not for a little lot in a town that has no, nothing. Um, but I, uh, it's kind of curious to me that a, city or anywhere would have surplus lots that they wouldn't try to either auction off or me too. I mean, I bid on mine and no one counterbid me. Um, so, so, so they offered it to you through an auction in case someone else wanted to pay more. Right. Well, they have auctions. I think the, um, city manager told me once or twice a year, but I did not have to wait for an auction to make a bid. Um, so I made a bid and then they advertised the bid for, Oh, I see. Two Pub- weeks or whatever numbers. to allow counter bids right. to occur, and nobody counter bid me. So, yeah. well, cool. I got it. Cool, <laughs> Sylvie. This has been very interesting, especially your choices and how you've ended up where you've ended up in this perfect uh, conjoining of all of your desires, basically. Congratulations! Well, I hope so. yeah. Can't wait to get in it. I was walking around this morning <laughs> inside, just like hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> We're excited to see some pictures. Yeah, I um emailed some to Michelle. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Tiny House listeners, you've had another f- almost an hour of listening to some great information. Do we want to read another? Shall we? Well, before we do that, oh. so we're getting these um, <clears throat> wonderful uh, people sending us reviews of our show and we okay. decided, 
I'm, we're talking to the listeners now, Sophie. Sorry, Sophie, you can do it. Yes, yeah. yeah. you can do it too, though. Critique time. Yes, yeah. and so and so for the people who send in a, a review of our show, we are going to be reading them randomly on the air. And this one is from. They can be bad, good, or in between. Yes. This one is from. I'm a bit obsessed. <laughs> I don't think I read this one before. Veg- vegan Beach Mama. All right. Vegan Doesn't Beach sound Mama. familiar, right? Mm, no. To me. no okay. I don't think so. okay. Just when I thought I've heard and read enough about tiny houses, I caught my first tiny house podcast, Show 66, and loved it. <laughs> Michelle is hysterical. Love her sense of humor. The information Ethan gave listeners was invaluable. I spent four years building my 2,600 square foot house. From 99 to 93, while building, I live with my husband, X, <laughs> and our three cats in a 29-foot trailer on five and a half acres for four solid years. Prior to building, we had a 900-square-foot house in 47, and we completely remodeled. We learned as we built, but there was no internet. I've lived tiny, and no, I can again. My second husband, not so much. <laughs> so I'm hoping for either a second home or office. I believe tiny homes are the way of the future. Looking forward to listening every week. Very cool. Thank you, Vegan Beach Mama. Vegan Beach Thank Mama. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. Nice. That's fun. Nice. All right. Uh, so next week we'll be talking with, uh, I think that Afro Survivor. Afro Survivalist. I cannot wait for that show. <laughs> Guns a blazing, baby. <laughs> Back your water and. Get that spam can in the closet. <laughs> your multi-tool. <laughs> oh, Lord. And she's from Oregon. Yes. From Oregon. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. going to be an interesting. We got that going on out here. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tiny House listeners. Thank you for listening, and we'll check you next episode. Later, Gator. See you on the other side. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>